Scanner School. My name is Flichtenberger, and today I'm answering questions that were submitted by you, the listener. We have a question from John and Ed, who both picked up the phone and dialed 516-308-2885 to ask me their questions. But you can also ask me a voicemail question if you're international by going to scannerschool.com slash ask and using the speak pipe button, or by just filling out the form there, and I will read your question on an upcoming podcast episode. And that's how these sessions work. So you'll ask me a question, again, by dialing 516-308-2885 or going to scannerschool.com slash ask, and I will answer it here on the podcast. Now, if you've left me a voicemail question, I will not only play it back here with your voice, but I'll put you in a running for a free tutoring session. And if you don't know, I offer my tutoring services for an hour at a time, and I will sit with you on a Zoom session, screen to screen, and you can ask me any questions you have. I can help you with your radio programming, help you set up, I can help you with your computer. Programming, again, when I say computer, I mean software for your scanners, not generic computer help. Above my pay grade on that one. But uh, yeah, I'm here for to help you out with the scanner radio hobby. If you can't tell from almost 280-something podcast episodes, yeah, I, I really do enjoy the hobby here. So with that, let's get right into our very first question of the month. And this one comes in from John. John, go ahead and ask me your question. Hey, Phil, my name is John Price. I use the Sentinel for the 436 in the SDS-100. But I'm having problems with it. And if I make a correction on one of the profiles, it goes back to the other profile, too. And I'm trying to keep both those radios separate. So I would love to find out how I can get a second Sentinel program so I could use it for either the 100 or the 436. Thank you for being there. If any help you can give me, I sure would appreciate it. John, thank you very much for asking me your question. Again, anybody can ask questions by looking at the description down below in the YouTube video or by looking at the numbers or speak pipe links over at scannerschool.com slash ask. So, John, the way that Sentinel works is that it's like a repository. It has all of your favorites lists set up in the software, which you can pick and choose as you wish. Now, the way that you take all of these favorites lists and put them all together is with profiles. So you're right. What happens with a favorites list is that when you save that list, you're writing to the list. And the profiles can say, I want to look at your fire list. And it will pull the fire list out. And if it wants to look at your police list or your you know, your community list or your trunking list, or whatever it is you happen to have, right? Those lists are then pulled into each profile. So for example, your 436 profile is saying, I want fire, police, and the EMS favorites list. And your SDS list is saying, I want fire, police, and I don't know, the Red Cross, okay? So those are one, those are one EMS. When you make a change to your fire, EMS, police, 
Red Cross list. It's global. It's part of the repository. And that's what you're finding out, right? That is what you are kind of struggling with right now is the fact that when you make the change to fire or police and you write it to your 436, it's also making that change on your SDS receiver. Now, that's one thing that you personally did not want to happen. For many of us, like myself, I love that because it allows me to clone the list multiple receivers, and I don't have to worry about redoing the list. But if that's the way you want your radios programmed, that's perfectly fine. We just need to tweak our settings ever so slightly. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to create a favorites list for police or fire or EMS, whatever it is you want, and just append it with 436 as the favorites list name. Make the changes you want to it. Set it up the way you want. And then in your 436 profile... Make sure you reference that 436 favorites list that you've created. Now, open up your SDS profile. Make sure you have that one loaded. Now, copy your 436 favorites list into a new favorites list. Very easy. You just right-click on it, and you can do append to favorites list, name the list, and create a new list from that name. So, for example, fire-SDS100. Now, make your changes to that new favorites list for the SDS100. Go back into your profile editor and make sure that you're under the SDS profile and deselect the fire or EMS 436 favorites list and make sure you have checked the SDS favorites list. That will allow you to now have two favorites lists in your repository and only that favorites list will be sent to the radio that you choose. So the one thing you have to remember is that when you go ahead and go to write to your SDS, that you have the SDS profile open in Sentinel. Then you write to the SDS and and all as well. That favorites list that you have specifically for the SDS will move over. When you want to do your 436, make sure you have your 436 profile opened up, and then you go ahead and send that to your 436. This now means you have to keep track on two favorites lists. But it sounds like that's what you want already because you said that when you make changes to one list, it makes changes to the second radio that you want to keep separate. So by keeping two favorites lists, it allows you to define which one is going to go into which radio from the profile that you have set up. John, thanks again for asking your question. Now, before we go ahead and go on to our next question of the month, we're going to take a quick pause here for some brief announcements. Now, If you are a Patreon supporter at the $3 or month tier, you will not get this upcoming break. You can help support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Again, one of the benefits are you get the podcast before anybody else and you don't get this break. So help again support us, scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com slash support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. 
Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. All right, welcome back. Our next question comes in from Ed. Ed, go ahead and ask your question. Hi, my name is Ed, and my Ask Scanner School question has to do with the old low-band frequencies. Is anybody out there still using low-band? I know Nassau County has 4610 and 4620, 22 and 32. Are those frequencies being used locally in Nassau County? And what about nationwide? Who else is out there on low band? And uh, maybe even a better question, when these low band frequencies or even VHF frequencies, like a lot of the villages in Nassau County over the last few years, left their VHF frequencies and went up to NASA's digitally encrypted trunk system, boo-hoo, what becomes of those frequencies that are no longer used? You know, back in the day, we were sold a bag of goods that there weren't enough frequencies to go around. Now all these frequencies have to be freeing up somewhat. So what's there? thought your listeners might like to try doing a search and seeing what they hear. Have a good day. Ed, these are really interesting questions. Is anybody out there still using low band? And it's funny you bring this up because I was actually just thinking recently about just setting up a radio and just letting it go. Letting it scan, say, from 33 to 49 megahertz and just see if I pick anything up because I do know there's other users out there who are doing just that. And I was kind of curious as to being here on Long Island, what magic the Atlantic Ocean would actually play on picking up some uh, some activity. If not here in the States, what else internationally could I bring in on some sort of skip? I mean, I know it's it's kind of a stretch, but stranger things might have happened. But it's, it's really cool to think about low band, right? Low band, which is now 
called low band was originally called VHF of very high frequencies. Now it runs from about the frequency range of, say, 30 megahertz up to 56 or so, or somewhere along that lines. And then eventually that became now VHF low band. And what was originally UHF is now called VHF. So I know personally you know all this, but you know it's it's good to share this information with uh, with many other people out there that may not know it. So low band here in Nassau County specifically, or right here on Long Island, yeah, it's kind of going the way of the dodo. And what's really interesting though about Nassau County is the fact that there, some departments still have a very big say on uh, what they want to do. So for like the North Shore of Long Island, they said, well, I want to stick to 46, 12, 22, 32, whatever it is. If they have the transmitter equipment to be self-sufficient, they could continue to use and license 46, 10, 32, and whatever else. Maybe not 10 because it's, it's issued by the county, but they may hold on to licensing. In Suffolk County, I heard that's a whole different story. I heard that Suffolk County actually wants to remove themselves from VHF low. And if you want to talk to the county, you can't do so on 46, 46, 46, 4, 46, uh, 36. I <laughs> see other one. And you would have to go up to their 700 megahertz trunk system, the P25 phase two system, which means now these departments now need to dig into their pockets, buy new equipment and get on board with what the county wants them to do. So there's a lot of uproar on that. So what exactly is going to happen to low band? Well, low band, I think, is going to just be repurposed or go someplace else. So I don't see low band surviving the needs of departments today, which really stinks because low band really does serve a purpose here locally, especially on the terrain of the North Shore. But low band still could be very much in play in other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Think about Australia, right? Where you've got long road truckers that run through the outback. We're used to seeing trains halt freight here in the US. These truckers are just going in across the continent, right? Through Australia. And they would have to either use satellites or some form of communication that can go long distances. So I'm pretty sure that we would still see low band frequencies being used over in Australia for that. But what about other countries? What about here locally in the States? You're right. It's definitely disappearing. So what I did was I got curious and I looked at the FCC website and I just did a quick license search. I said, let me find every frequency in this range going from 33 megahertz to 49 megahertz. I didn't put any states in or anything else like that. I looked for the active frequencies. That's all I looked for. And surprisingly, I came up with over 16,000 currently licensed frequencies for low band. Again, are they all in use? Probably not. But 16,000 is quite a large number of licensed frequencies. How does that compare to VHF and UHF? Well, actually, I didn't run those numbers, so I really can't tell you. But don't forget, VHF and UHF have a smaller footprint, which means they have a greater chance of being reused, which means that more people can be licensed in a tighter geographical area where maybe one low band license would have to be sent out. They can probably send out two or three UHF or VHF frequencies. So by finding the counts, isn't really a one-for-one lookup anyway. 
So who are we seeing on low band? Well, obviously here in Nassau, right, we're seeing fire departments. The Red Cross is still using low band as far as I, I know. The California Highway Patrol, I think they want to get off of low band, but they are still using it. And just by looking here at the FCC website, I see the state of Wyoming, the state of Maryland. We've got the state of Indiana, Shell Communications, Phillips 66 Communications, California, Arizona, looks like a lot of states, right? New Jersey has a license here. The County of Green and whatever state that might happen to be. Duke Energy. Of course, the American Red Cross is on here. Contra Costa County. The Montana Department of Transportation. Gulf South Pipeline Company. As well as other government entities and even businesses. And that's just on the first page or the first 100 licenses out of all 16,675 licenses as of date. So what becomes of these frequencies that are no longer in use? Well, sometimes they just don't get reused. Sometimes the licenses stay licensed, but nobody seems to use them. And other times they are actually reused. So if we think about what's happening with, say, the TV band, right? The old uh, UHF TV channels. Those were repurposed. So for the 600 megahertz frequencies, they were eaten up by some cell phone carriers. And if you think about C-band or satellite downlink, well, guess who grabbed those as well? Cell phone carriers. There's also some areas that were eaten up for public safety and whatnot. So a lot of these older frequencies, yeah, they do get recycled and repurposed because the RF spectrum is a limited resource. There's only so much spectrum that we can use for communications throughout the world. And of course, as we go up in frequency, that reuse becomes greater and greater, unless of course you're looking for satellites, which has a large footprint. But again, VHF low, VHF, UHF, right? They all have a certain maxable usable range that you can typically use these frequencies on. But again, it's a great experiment to turn on a radio and let it go, hook up to a computer, see what you hear. And there's people out there, like I said originally, that actually do that. So there's a Facebook group that I recently discovered. It's got about 500 people in it currently. And hopefully you guys that are listening to this on the podcast are watching this as a YouTube video will go over and visit that Facebook group and add to the community over there and just, hey, let them know where that we directed you there. But the name of the Facebook group is called the Low Band VHF Public Safety Scanner Skip. Again, Low Band VHF Public Safety Scanner Skip. And what happens on that page is people report in, either daily or weekly, what frequencies they've heard on their scanners that normally are outside of their listening footprint. And it's very interesting to see the daily updates and everything else because sometimes, you know, they'll they'll they know exactly who they're listening to because most channels would have APL or DPL code that they can then refer back to and find out who it is. And these are going several hundreds of miles. So if you're on Facebook, you want to check out this group. Again, it's called Low Band VHF Public Safety Scanner Skip. We'll put a link to it in the description, either on the video or the podcast, so that you can also check out this Facebook group. It's very active. And again, it's interesting to see what other people are hearing on low band. I really hope that low band sticks around because, again, stuff like this is very exciting. And especially when you get the change of seasons, especially in the springtime or early summer, when the magic happens and skip seems to be in play. 
So, Ed, what's going to happen with these unused VHF channels? I'm sure they'll be used up by something else because there's always people out there looking for frequencies. And as we all have seen, the UHF spectrum has gotten very, very tight, especially here in the New York City area. And I know it's the same over in other metropolitan areas like Chicago and L.A. because they use the T-band and the T-band allowed licensees to expand into the TV section of the UHF public safety area, which again runs from about 470 to 512. But I assume as the UHF spectrum increases with people who are trying to get on there, that we might see more entities moving down to the standard VHF frequencies, not VHF low, but standard VHF. And we might see more trunk systems or more DMR systems or more public safety or even more private businesses occupying that space. Again, in many parts of the US, we do see VHF is used for P25 trunk systems. So it's not really unheard of to put stuff down in that spectrum. Ed, thanks again for asking me your question. All right, so as promised, we are going to pick a winner of a free tutoring session for this month. Again, if you'd like tutoring, you can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. And then you look at my calendar. You look at the calendar, you pick a date and a time that is available, and you can book a one-on-one tutoring session. Now, again, we've gone through tutoring with many, many people. And one of the bonuses of asking me your questions with a tutoring session is you'll get a replay, a video replay that you can go back at any time and go through any step that we went through when we sat down together. This way, you can revisit anything that you might need to see again in order to understand it again. Because again, sometimes we learn something, we walk away from it, then we go back a week or two later, and then we forgot what we learned. So again, a way that I make sure that I can help you as best as possible is by providing you with a replay of our tutoring session. Again, scannerschool.com slash tutoring is the way to do that. All right. So in front of me, I got one and two. I got John and Ed, and we are going to put this through a random number generator, and I'm going to refresh the page five times. So one is John, two is Ed, and let's go ahead and hit refresh here. One, two, three, four, and five. John, thank you so much for asking your questions and congratulations. You are the winner of this month's free tutoring session. You can reach out to me at any time and ask for your coupon code that you can use when you book your tutoring session. This will allow you to bypass the checkout and go straight to go and collect $200, so to speak. Now, you get your free tutoring session. It's a coupon that allows you to to, uh, book it at no charge to you. So again, it's my way of thanking you for pick up the phone and asking your questions. So as a reminder, anybody who has a question, please ask. Pick up the phone. If you're here in the US, 516-308-2885. Anybody that's international or doesn't want to pick up the phone can go to scannerschool.com slash ask. Click on the SpeakPipe link and ask me your question that way by using the microphone on your computer or your device or just fill out the form. It'll come in via email. Now, again, preference is given to those who use the voicemail numbers. Those are the ones that get answered first. Again, we do these on the first of every month, so we will do this again at the beginning of next month. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Alchak, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, Denny Crotty, Dylan Heider, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Cordoff, 
John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.